Thank you for listening to Tahlequah First United Methodist Church's sermon podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can go online at TahlequahUMC.org. Thank you, and have a blessed day. So now let's begin. Um, we're in the season of Advent, and that is the season of preparation for the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And um, if you remember, a few weeks ago I shared with you that I had a conversation with uh, a pastor author, Matt Rawl, um, who said this great line when he was talking with me. He said, hope needs help. And then he went on to explain that the Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, Now with faith, hope, and love, these three things remain and the greatest of these is love. That hope needs help with faith and love, and, and, and those are great Advent themes of hope, love, joy, and peace. And so as he was talking to me, that, just, that kept going through my mind, is that, man, he's talking about Advent, and what he's sharing with us is that, that hope needs help with these Advent themes, that, that help needs hope with hope. If you remember, we talked about that in the first week, and how you can be a hope for someone who is going through dark times, and you can help bring them through and bring hope to the hopeless. And then last week, we, we had the, the choir uh, provide beautiful music with us. And, and what a better way to talk about hope needing help than through music. And, and that hope needs help with love. And, and that Christmas music love brings us through and, and can guide us and share, uh, bring us through those dark times. Today, we're going to talk about joy. Hope needs help with joy. And as we think about that and think about what joy means to you, I want you to wrestle with um, what Shanna offered to the kids today. How can you joyfully offer yourself for the world? So let's think about that as we go through our sermon today and as we read the scriptures today. Maybe you know where the book of Zephaniah is. If you don't, um, it's in between uh, Habakkuk and Haggai. If you don't know where those are, those are closer to the uh, Gospels in the Old Testament. And if you don't know, open the table of contents and it will give you a great... Or if you're using a handheld device, just Google Zephaniah, and I'm sure you'll find it. We're going to read from Zephaniah chapter uh, 3, verses 14 through 20. And before we begin, let us pray. Gracious and holy God, we come before you on this day to open ourselves up to you. Lord, may we hear words that penetrate our hearts that lead us out in great joy where we can share the good news that you love us so much that you came to be with us in Emmanuel. Lord, be with us as we journey through this time together. In your name we pray. Amen. So Zephaniah 3, chapter, 14, or chapter 3, verses 14 through 20. Rejoice, daughter Zion, shout to Israel. Rejoice and exalt with your heart, daughter Jerusalem. The Lord has removed your judgment. He has turned away your enemy. The Lord, the King of Israel, is in your midst. You will no longer fear evil. On that day, it will be said to Jerusalem, Don't fear, Zion. Don't let your hands fall. The Lord, your God, is in your midst a warrior bringing victory. He will create calm with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. I will remove from you the worried about the appointed feast. They have been a burden for her, a reproach. Watch what I'm about to do to all of your pressures at that time. I will deliver the lame. I will gather the outcast. 
I will change their shame into praise and fame throughout the earth. And at that time, I will bring all of you back. At that time, when I gather you, I will give you fame and praise among all the neighboring peoples. When I restore your possessions, and you can see them, says the Lord. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Hope needs help with joy. We see in the beginning here of this reading today that the, the author in, is calling us out to, to rejoice, to rejoice. Daughter Zion, shout to Israel, rejoice and exalt with all your heart, daughter Jerusalem, that God is with us. Do we take that in? Do, do we uh, get excited that God is with us in this time or this season? Or are we still in that not there yet phase? We're still waiting for something to miraculous happen in our lives that changes around to say, yes, there's where God is. Are we waiting for that moment? Or are we living in the presence of God now? When we live in the presence of God now, Recognize that there are times where, where uh, joy may be really small, and it may be as simple as getting out of bed. How many of us rejoiced this morning when we pulled out of bed and we said, Thank you, God, for allowing this to happen? That may be the only joy that some of us have throughout the day, because that may be the easiest thing we can do. For some of us, it is. For some of us, it is a great joy for us to be able to, to get out of bed and take a deep breath. And to be with our friends and our family and our church family on Sunday morning. And for some it's a struggle. Because joy is relatively hard to find this season for some. It can be that way for some. It can be a struggle. Uh, I think far too often we, we get sold on this, um, what I call Hallmark Christmas vision. That, that everything should nice and prim and proper and everybody should be smiling and looking Norman Rockwell-esque and that's not the reality that we live in. This world is a messy place. Sometimes rejoicing is really hard to do. Sometimes finding hope with joy it can be a struggle. And, and in our reading today, it starts with joy and ends towards hope. And, and we find that, that it's calling us out to, to be joyful, that God is with us. And, and are we? Are we excited that God is with us in every step and every breath that we take? And that every opportunity is, is, is to share God's love with someone. And, and every opportunity is a, is a chance to experience God in maybe a new and unique way. And every opportunity that we have in this world and this life is an experience to experience God. We should rejoice in that matter. We, 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 we shouldn't just write it off and, and put it off as something different. We should, we should take it in and, and, and live it out with, with great joyful praise. I love this year, for the most part. I love this time of year. I mean, you sing songs of, of Christmas joy, and, and you buy all the Christmas albums that have all the great music and the great songs. You know those songs. You're probably singing them in your head right now as I'm talking about them. And for, realize that nobody in here is going to, we're not all going to universally love a Christmas song. Some of us are Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer people. Some of us are grandma got ran over by people. Some of us are silent night people. And some of us will buy every Christmas CD that ever existed kind of people. 
My mother was one of those. We were going through her stuff yesterday, and the end of Christmas CDs that my mother had was crazy. Different versions. She had three CDs of Kenny Rogers Christmas CDs that were different CDs, but it was different years of Kenny Rogers singing Christmas music. And some of them were still on the wrappers. And will remain so until we take them to goodwill. <laughs> this season does bring joy. We live in anticipation and hope of, of what will happen on that day. When we gather as a family and, and presents are open. And, and, and I look forward to that joy. I look forward to when the girls get to open their presents and my nieces and my nephews. Uh, I look forward to that joy. But I look forward to the joy of Christmas Eve night. And we're sitting here and, and we're holding that candle and we're thinking, Oh, silent night. Oh, holy night. And we remember the story, the why of Christmas. The experience of coming down with us and rejoicing and, and people being excited and living into this future hope that, that people in the Zephaniah time lived and longed for. They longed for this experience. That's why they reached out and, and hoped that God will deliver the lame and gather the outcast and bring us to sinner. The scripture reading, it may be unorthodox to read Zephaniah in Advent. I have to admit, it was a bit of a struggle. I learned Zephaniah this week more than I'd ever really cared to, in all honesty. I knew where it was. I just I learned a whole lot more about Zephaniah's context. But as I kept reading this, this, this whole idea of joy just kept coming back into my mind. And then I remembered this quote from Anne Lamont, uh, one of my favorite authors. In her book, Small Victories, she wrote this line, Joy is medicine. Joy is medicine. And when I was thinking about that, I was thinking about joy is medicine, and then I thought about back to this sermon I'd heard a long time ago, and I don't remember who was preaching it, but I remembered this acronym, joyfully offering yourself. So if joy is medicine and, and we joyfully offer ourselves, can you imagine the change we can bring into this world if we live lives of joy? If we joyfully offer ourselves, you know, joyful means um, great pleasure of happiness, things that causes joy. If we live joyfully, we're sharing that with everybody. We're not just holding on to it. It's not that light that we hold under a bushel. No, we let it shine. And we share it with the world. I love watching people at the Christmas parade this week as we were walking down uh, the road and, and watching people get excited about them, me just handing them a piece of candy and saying, Merry Christmas. And then when we ran out of candy, I didn't know what to do, but just say, Merry Christmas. But we offered joy in that moment. I loved watching people get excited as, as we were coming down. Now, it wasn't just because our, our thing was great. It, it, was, it was good. It didn't win any awards, but it was good. But I saw the joy that it brought to people. And it was simple. It wasn't something, you know, we didn't have to spend hours upon hours about putting something together. We, we threw lights on the van and, and we, we wrote on it to share about what we believe that Christmas is. Hope, love, joy, and peace. And then, of course, on the back, we had to make an invitation to Christmas Eve service. 
This is the best $15 I've ever spent. Getting people to come to church, walking down the road, giving people candy. We share joy in that small moment of about three and a half miles. Things that cause joy. That offering, what are you offering? What are we offering the world? Are we offering God's love? Are, are, are we sharing ourselves? Are we fully sharing ourselves? Because when we fully share ourselves with the world and, and we live out our faith, uh, it's amazing how growth we can grow even more. And when we allow God to work on us and through us, that offering, when we give ourselves to God, our whole selves to God, when we offer it up, how God will use us. And some of it's just simple, small things. And some of it's very... Very big things. But if we fully offer ourselves to God, God will use us. No matter where we are on life's journey, God doesn't say, well, you know, you haven't attended church very frequently. You don't go to Sunday school. You know, God, God doesn't really look at that, but he wants your whole not just a portion. So what are you offering God? And then yourself. He wants you broken, disoriented, lost. God wants us, no matter where we are on the journey. He wants to welcome us home. He wants to be there with arms wide open, saying, I love you. Come home and be a part of us. And when we joyfully offer ourselves, we can really change the world. But it's not a 10% thing. It's a 100% thing. And sometimes it's harder, day, days are harder than others. I, I, I know that. I, sh I have my days too. But even in that small percentage that we're giving to God, if we fully give all of what we're giving to God, to God, imagine what God can do with our little. God can do a lot. Pastor and speaker and blogger Rod Edmondson, he has these five suggestions for finding joy in Christmas, and I loved these joys. I think these are great joys for us to find at Christmas time. The first is lower your expectations of others. Cousin Ron is not going to change because you expect him to, and because he's coming to your house, he's still going to be Cousin Ron which means you probably have to pick up after him and he probably smells or, you know, whatever else. You know who your cousin Ron's are. But don't expect everybody else to come up to your expectations or your level because they won't. And then you'll miss out on engaging them. Get to know them. Find out why they tick the way that they do. Maybe cousin Ron only showers once a week because he wants to conserve water. I don't have a cousin Ron, by the way. This is just a figurative person that lives in the world. The other thing that he suggests, the second thing that he suggests, is increase your investment of others. Disciples make disciples. If we say we're disciples of Jesus Christ, then it's our job as disciples of Jesus Christ to invest ourselves into others. Our faith isn't about just ourselves. This world has told us that, that your faith, it's about you and your relationship with Jesus. No, your faith is about your relationship with Jesus, but then sharing that relationship with everybody else, your why of your faith. Why do you People need to hear that. People will need to see that. 
And when we can increase our investment in others to make disciples of Jesus Christ, that transformation of the world thing happens so naturally and so easily, and all you have to do is invest yourself. The other thing we need to do, and this is why I love Advent, is we need to examine ourselves. Examine our lives. Ask ourselves that, that, that great question. How is it with our soul? Where am I falling short on, on living God's way? How am I doing good and doing no harm and staying in love with God? And if there are corrections that need to be made, then correct them. Don't just think about them. As I tell my basketball players, the little league team I'm coaching, is that we have to do the drill right so that way when we get in the game, we do it naturally. Whatever it is we're trying to do, whether it's shooting, passing, dribbling. But if we do it wrong, we have to start over and correct ourselves so we can do it right for the games. I think it's the same thing with faith. Is that there are going to be times where we'll screw up and there'll be times where we'll misstep. But if we're examining ourselves and we're paying attention to ourselves and centering ourselves in God, imagine how that will change our perspective a little bit. Which is the next line. Change your perspective. He says in his, in his blog, he says, The fact is that joy is a gift. It's not based on what we have done or could do, but on God's grace towards us. I love that line. The fact is joy is a gift. It's not based on what we have done or could do, but on God's grace towards us. Christmas is not about presents. I'm sorry, it's not. Christmas is about the celebration of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And the way we celebrate it matters. It's not about judging people and saying you're not being Christian enough or you didn't buy the right presents or... It's about modeling Jesus for the world because we believe that that birth made a difference. And that last line there is set your eyes on the prize. And our prize is Jesus. Those Christmas parties that you have from now until really like, I mean, there's probably some of you that have Christmas parties all the way up until January. I have a few in January. Christmas is 12 days, by the way. It's not just a one-day event. If we center ourselves on the prize of Jesus and celebrate that Lord and Savior being born, and we live that out in great joy, the rejoicing that we share with the world will bring the hope that this world needs. And here's the crazy thing. We have that in this room. We have the ability to bring enough joy to this world that the world can be changed. The world can see what Christians really act like and not what they see on TV. And so I challenge you this week, share joy with the world because you'll be amazed to see what will happen and how you will be shaped and changed by that. So joyfully offer yourself for God so you can help change the world for his kingdom to be made real and known to you. Let us pray. Thank you for listening to Tahlequah First Amethyst Church's Sermon Podcast. If you'd love to join us in person, we worship at 10 o'clock on Sunday mornings. And you can find out more information about us by going online at tahlequahumc.org.